Watching Israel's Jared Firestone getting us underway, the first of 30 sleds. Yeah, Jared's got a pretty competitive push. Just as she came. I think it hurts as much as it looks like it hurts. He's going to be happy with the best run of his career. Nowadays, introducing the original Blood Clad podcast, not PS. Sword in Semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York. Yaman SWT Semantic. Yemeno. On another episode of Soothing Semantics, we have Jared Firestone. Now, before I continue, guys, make sure to subscribe, like, and share each episode. I hope you enjoy. I know you will. And here we are. So, welcome, Jared. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, man. So, Jared and Jared and I connected through a very close friend, Joey Benamou. Shout out to you, Joey. And he, Joey was very insistent on ha- me having Jared on. <laughs> Jared like is a proud Hebrew, and uh, he is planning to go to the Olympics for to representing Israel and the Jewish people in a sport called skeleton okay so for all of you who see this this is a star of david the hebrews like the star i have a necklace of the star and i've worn yarmulkes and keepers with the star and uh, it's like a jewish thing you know like that's what we, we yeah. do we wear that so being annoyingly sarcastic but anyway <laughs> that's our thing <laughs> anyway uh so yeah go into a little bit about your your career uh you can talk about law as well, but right. give give everyone a scoop on the Olympic side of things. Okay, so sure. Uh, so the Beijing Olympics are in February, coming up, about nine months out. How I got here, uh, grew up here in Aventura, Hollywood. Uh, went to Hillel Community Day School through eighth grade, Pinecrest. Uh, for high school, went to college, ran track there at Tulane University. And then, like most people, my athletic career ended. Started law school at Cardozo in New York City, Yeshiva University's uh, Ooh, you law said school. Cardozo. Do you know um, Yitzi Wainhouse? No. I think he went to Cardozo. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know most people there. but Okay. Um, so I was there my first year in law school. Just quick story here. Um, I had a TIA, which is a mini stroke, uh, oh, during sure. my first semester while studying one day. And I was very, very wrapped up in law school up to that point. And then it was kind of like a eureka moment for me. There was a couple-month period where I wasn't sure I'd be able to play sports again, do anything, like lift weights, play flag football, nothing. Um, That was something after my athletic career at Tulane ended that I was very attached to um, and, like, never quite filled that void. And then when it was completely taken away, uh, it was like a wake-up moment for me. And I decided if I was allowed to do those things again, I would take advantage and go back to living out one of my original dreams, which was always to represent Israel in international competition, track and field being the sport I thought I would be doing it in. 
Um, a couple months after that, 2014 Olympics in Sochi, Russia, I see the sports skeleton. Uh, my cousin gives me an idea to go try out. You know, it's not something the athletes in the Olympics, I noticed in my research, really grow up doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of pick it up later. So um, I was like, cool, I'll go try out. So I went to Lake Placid, did a little workout for Team USA. They invited me back, learned how to slide for a how'd week. How did you connect with Team USA? Uh, just through their website. They oh, had wow. open tryouts. So I went. Okay. They just like work you out. You do uh, some sprints and lift weights. If they like you, they invite you to come slide. Um, most people, she's, I probably started with like 20 plus people. I think like a couple of us still do the sport. Most people after that first week, really the first day, you just, you know, whether it's meant for you or not when you're going down, uh, slamming against ice walls at 50 plus miles an hour when you start. Um, we get up to in the seventies now, but you get enough, enough kind of gear to protect yourself. If you're slamming against the wall, how does that even work? Um, so the first time you're really under equipped. They give you a skydiving helmet, which is a lot different than the one here in front of me. Uh, you wear ski goggles. They tell you to bring, like, kind of like, a, I think I had, like, knee pads. I just rolled up to my triceps because that's where you make contact with the wall. But really, after that first hit, they kind of get pushed down, and then it's just uh, skin on ice at that point pretty much. Uh, so you definitely take a beating. Damn, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my arms, uh, I'll, just, I'll send you pictures. They're just completely black. That we'll week. post them. We'll post them. Yeah. Um, and uh, But I liked it. And I decided, though, I would be a good Jewish boy, go back, finish school, ended up passing the bar in Florida and New York. Um, and then I went back for my first rookie season, Team USA, and I ended up staying in their program for like three developmental years, we'll call it. I wasn't racing internationally or anything. And then I decided that I would live out my dream and join Israel's team. And I did that two seasons ago. So this will be my third season coming up. That's awesome. So how do you how do you join the team if they're Israel's team is is in America? Like how does that work? Yeah. So uh, it was founded by American Jews, and you make Aliyah, and then you're able to you get approval from. In my case, if you were in another program before I was in Team USA, they approved for me to switch to Israel's team, and hmm. that was it. Okay, but you would be making Aliyah technically if you were to join that team. Like how would that work? Um, yeah. So I did before I started sliding for Israel. Okay. So two summers ago, I made Aliyah. Um, as an athlete, the rules are a little different, so I was able to come back here and train, and this is where I do my summer training, and then obviously during the winter, I'm going where the uh, where the ice is. Okay, but do you plan on living there at some point? Uh, I'd like or to. That was always, yeah, even outside of this, it's always been a dream of mine to at least live a good portion of my time in Israel. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing like being there, just the connection uh, that you don't get anywhere else as a Jew. So, uh, yeah, it's hard while doing this to actually do it, it's just not practical for training purposes and fundraising and working and everything I need to do. But um, eventually, when I retire from this, I'll try to spend a lot more time out there. Okay, phenomenal. Uh, I wanted to just start something off right away because it, it's important. Joey was mentioning that there is about 40K needed mm-hmm. to kind of get the program going. Do you want to kind of go into that? Sure. So each season cost me about... Coaches, whether here it's my sprint coach, uh, my on ice coach, the equipment's very expensive in the sport. My sled, 6,000 euros. Um, And I have other parts I need to replace every year that cost about 600 each. The helmet, obviously, Mm. shoes. Mostly, most expenses come with the rental cars, the flights, the baggage fees. Um, So that adds up to the, into the 40,000s consistently every year. Um, Unfortunately, Israel's National Olympic Committee gives us very limited support. It's like 4,000 shekels, which is something. It helps. But most of the way I cover my costs is 
by working during the summer as a lawyer or um, private fundraising. Luckily, I have a lot of really, really supportive people in the community here mostly um, and kind of all over the country that uh, help out. I have a GoFundMe that I just launched last week to help for this so how much how far how far in are you like realistically how much do you need to get this to bull rolling to get okay so yeah there's obviously two ways to do it you could go and half ass it and not really and have shortcuts and not really get everything you need um but it's so competitive and the stakes are super high this year that it's not a good thing to be doing so right now um yeah I've, uh, in the first week people have been incredible but I'm still about It'd be very helpful to have another thirty thousand dollars or so. So that's kind of so. So for. you have a GoFundMe. So I'm going to attach the link, and I'll even put the the link on the episode, meaning on the video itself. Right. Like right now, we'll just throw it in there. Awesome. So guys, if you can, even if it's eighteen dollars, twenty dollars, if you're Jewish and you want somebody representing Israel and and Jewish people in the Olympics, which is extremely important because you know not Jews haven't always been known to be the most athletic. Right, we're trying to change. <laughs> we're that, we're yeah. trying to change that, you know. And and in the past, it's it's really it really is changing in the NBA and the UFC and, and skeleton yeah. and other Olympics MLB, and gymnastics yeah. and in um uh there was, there was an American girl in figure skating. There's mm. definitely it's becoming more prominent. Uh, but it's very important, even if you can give a small amount, uh, it would really really mean a lot so definitely everything is uh tax deductible through our 501c3 for israel Basel skeleton corporate sponsors always very welcome to individuals families um i have some fun prizes on there you can check out too little little rewards okay awesome like like i don't know uh, merch like or something like that yeah merch um signed postcards and then for corporations or even for people i'll put your name on my sled going nice. leading up to the olympic games which is pretty fun oh that's really cool okay guys so definitely Give some, give some bread. <laughs> now the okay. So you have the, say you have the cash that you need. Right. You have the training you need. Everything's in order. Yeah. When are you going? Hopefully to the game. Like how does that work? Because uh, okay. Yeah. So qualifying will start in mid-November, and I'll probably have they count eight races, but I'll probably race about ten on different circuits. Um, there's like a North America circuit, Europe circuit, an intercontinental circuit, and then a World Cup circuit. So I'll probably jump around on all those, mm-hmm. try to get in as many races as I can because my best eight will count. And that last one will be in the middle of January. So pretty much three weeks before the games, I'll know whether I made it or not. Okay. I hope, dude, I hope you do. Thank you. Dude, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm stoked. I'm, it's funny because I've seen Skeleton before. I've seen it, excuse me, I've seen it on TV. But I had to look at it again when you mentioned that you did it. I was like, oh, Skeleton. I, didn't, I wasn't sure what it was, honestly. Right. And so then I looked at it and I was like, oh, I've watched this before. Because I, I used to watch it when I watched Sean White do the, the snowboarding. Yeah. That so then I would see Skeleton also, like, either before or after the right. the sport. Because it it's, it's also a kind of a, you know, a snow ice sport. Yeah. So, no, it's cool. You're, you, you're flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're flying. flying. <laughs> um, most people will ask, um, 85 miles per hour is the fastest I've gone it's in Whistler. Crazy, yeah, yeah just it's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. It's probably so exhil- exhilarating. Though. There's nothing that compares to it, but you don't even notice the speed really while you're doing it. Your brain is just so focused on the next thing you need to do. Um, yeah, it's like pretty much like the ultimate fight or flight type of hormonal rush. It's awesome. So cool. Yeah, yeah, you're just like maneuver, just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, dude. Okay, so Olympics, Olympics law what kind of i mean like there's so much to discuss right so you grew up here mm-hmm. i grew up in new york so you grew up here and 
you found yourself you went and you went into law like you mentioned like, like a good jewish boy right. and Michael then Ezra. right and then so you got you you took the bar you got into law you have that down your parents are already proud <laughs> right <laughs> and then you choose to do this and it's it's very commendable it's awesome i'm like i'm so pro jews in sports yeah it's it's very important um we have <laughs> we get a bad rap if you look proportionally like per capita how we fare in sports to say like major league baseball based on how many Jews there are in America, we should have only two players, but we have six. It's not a lot, obviously, compared to a thousand players in Major League Baseball, but I do think we get it we get a bad rap and uh people <laughs> hopefully starting that's starting to change. For example, the NBA we had a top ten draft pick. Um How's he doing? How's he doing by the way? Uh he had a catastrophic injury unfortunately like the last week of the season but oh shit what happened what kind of injury because i don't follow ball anymore oh um i think he like compound ankle fracture oh so he's like out for the season yeah he missed the rest of the season but hopefully he'll be back next year denny feel better uh because he was like supposed to be like a really good yeah yeah he's like he was supposed to be a big deal luca light type of player but um yeah hopefully he'll be back next year i hope so yeah it's israel is changing the game because mm-hmm. Israel has, it's just different kind of people. Like it really is. American Jews are not, and, and I'm not going to say all. It's a very general statement. Because right. there are plenty of, you know, college basketball guys. There, some guys that come out of yeshivas are good. I don't think like they plan to go to the NBA because it's like their parents are so not for that for some reason. <laughs> right. You know, it's just it's not like go to the NBA, go to the NHL, this it, and that. It's just not a possibility in your head growing up. Cause yeah, because it's not promoted the same way it is in other other groups, but. Right. I'm seeing, especially in martial arts, because mm-hmm. I'm following different people now, especially coming out of Israel, you see a lot of judo guys, you see a lot of wrestlers, MMA, even some Muay Thai. It's becoming becoming a lot more common, Yeah, um, which is like really awesome to see. Right. Uh, hopefully in Tokyo this summer, uh, Israel, we're expecting to win some medals in those martial arts sports, so that'll be really big for yeah, us. Yeah, Sagi Muki is, is up there. I'm trying to, I want to get him also. Yeah, that'd be good one. I, I want to get some of them in person because so far I've had, um, I had Natan Levy, if you've heard of him. I yeah. had Noad Lahat. Um, I'm trying to get the Gozali, the father and son. I already, I already talked to them. I met them at a restaurant, a kosher restaurant in New York, like, what was it, a year and a half ago or so. I'd recognized them and I'm like, ah, Gozali, right? They're like, um, we started having a conversation. And so I, I talked to the to the father Chaim. I'll just like randomly send him things on on Instagram like re- related to Israel. So definitely, his son is doing very well, man. He's undefeated in Bellator. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah. follow, but no, like him in the it, yeah. so he he ha- he's just very good with leg locks. He has the fastest submission in Bellator history. Really, eleven seconds. Okay, he literally just scooped in. He he slid in, got the guy in the leg lock. And was able to maneuver in 11 seconds. Then he recently just won a fight also with a leg lock. He's he he's very very good at submissions. Very very good fighter. So hopefully he'll he'll keep that up, man. But it's yeah. like really good to see. Very confident fighter. Like you know him and his dad are just very they they work very well together. So then there's this other up and coming young kid. He's like 20 years old. Eli Barzilai. I don't know. So yeah. So he um, I was supposed to do an episode with him. I I apologize, Eli, if you're listening to this. <laughs> no, like we ha- we scheduled the time and I couldn't make the time work. So I have to get him on as well. But he was like ready to do it, and I was the one who like screwed up the time. So I feel bad. Um, but we'll hopefully get that taken care of. Um, but it's just like awesome to see, you know. And they're like they're so into it. Yeah. All of them. Like Noad's an animal. Natan Levy's an animal. Right. Eli also. They're like just the so yeah, dude. They're so like they love what they do, man. It's all they do. Yeah. You know. 
And it's really nice to see that. You know what I mean? And they're also, they're just really good people. They're really nice, good people. Right. See, I didn't mean to completely go off <laughs> from, from the main, the main no, guest like here. No, I like talking about all, all But all yeah, just all in all, just Jewish, Jewish athletes in general, man, it's just, it's, I'm so proud of that. Yeah, like, bring some nachas to the, uh, right? the drive, yeah. Right? <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. Because we can't necessarily rely on like Irving Goldsmith to like, Bring us the bring us the gold. You know what I mean? Nah, yeah, I'm totally, kidding, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> you guys do it. Guys, do the sports. I just I just want to read the paper. <laughs> yeah, but Irving's the one supporting us, so thank you. Irving. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You need somebody backing backing with the dough, right? <laughs> exactly. I'll send you write you I'll write you a check. <laughs> yeah, listen, it helps, man. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So, as as a Jewish athlete especially mm-hmm. someone who's trying to get into the Olympics. Right. Have you faced that? Have you had people that were kind of nasty to you? Okay. Nasty to you? Yeah. So personally, like nothing vicious. Um, a lot of my, like the World Cup races I've done um, were in Austria, Germany. When I'm out there, this is something my fellow athletes don't think of. Like when I talk to my, I have like a teammate, not like officially a teammate, but I train with a guy from Ireland. And when I told him this, he like, he never, it never crossed his mind that when I'm going we're in Germany and we go into McDonald's, wherever I take off my jacket, it's 10 degrees out. I take off my jacket, which has the uh, flag of Israel on the sleeve and go in wearing whatever t-shirt I'm wearing underneath. Um, And it's just something we have to be mindful of that other athletes don't need to think of. And on the contrary, something they don't think of is people, it could be their first interaction with a, a Jewish person or they might have some preconceived notions. So I had to go out of my way in a way that they don't need to, so, for example, if I'm training in this same track in Germany, uh, there's a lot of tourists who come in to do little bobsled rides and just observe, and uh, they'll come up to the top, and our equipment's sitting there, and like I mentioned, the blades underneath our sleds are worth 600 euros each. Uh, people are very protective about them. Like, no, the worst you could do in the sport is touch somebody else's runners. They're called the, the blades underneath. But these tourists will come up, and they want to see what these look like, and they're touching my stuff, and the other athletes would not stand for that. They'll, like, tell them to go bleed themselves but i want to let them do it i let them do it and then i talk to them and then they see me go to the line and i put my helmet on as the big star david and for me that gives me um it's like part of my mission just as much as going to the olympics is to be that type of ambassador for israel and uh kind of let people know what we're all about yeah that's special yeah because you there's wow because right out right out of the gate there are obviously people who aren't going to like seeing that right but when you make a, a good impression, yeah, then right. you're doing a lot of good, yeah. But at the same time, I always say that there's only so much you can do. Because like, even if you're good, man, and you do all these nice things, some people who just are not going to like you for the simple fact that you're Jewish, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's like there's only so much you can do. Like I just find that some, sometimes Jewish people go too far out of their way right. for people. You know, you should, you should be a good person for the sake of being a good person. But sometimes you, you, you stretch yourself out so much hoping that it's going to change people's minds, and, and I'm sure it does to a large degree, but there are some people that just don't accept it for the simple fact that they don't accept it. Yeah, no, a very <laughs> small like, portion of people will be like, oh, yeah, that Bob Slitter uh, in Koenigsee, he was really nice, so, like, I'm going to support some Israeli Yeah, content. yeah, they, there's just, there's, they have so much negative, they have so much of a negative thought process a lot of the time. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, but, um, 
you know, you gotta do what you can. Yeah, no, no, no it doesn't. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. negate what I'm saying. No, no, I get what you're saying. You don't like. I don't want to spend too much energy like trying to be the nice guy. And uh, at the end, I do need to focus on the run I have coming right, up, for example, right. in that situation, or what I need to do personally. Um, can't can't worry about what people say or think about Israel mm-hmm. affect my passion. So. 100%. Because yeah. I feel I find that if anything if you if it if you p- try too hard, it almost seems like you're trying too hard. You got what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, "Why are you trying so hard for me to like you?" Yeah. It's kind of my thought process as opposed to just being like, "Listen, I'm Jewish. Hope you I hope you're cool with it. Right, Let's have right. go out have a drink. We'll go out and have some food. Watch <laughs> me watch me do my thing. Hope you like me." Yeah. There, there's know? something to be said for humanizing like especially when you think other countries like how we think of Iran and then to see, like, I think there's a big story with the, with the, uh, judo guy, yes, the Israel yes, and the Iran. And that does give you a different perspective on separating the people from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very nice. Yeah. So yeah, try to be mindful. Was that, that Iran, too. Iran or Egypt? No, that it was Iran. And then he was, was um, he was killed for like by the Iranian government. There's like a story. I don't think it was, I don't this know guy was, was killed. killed. Yeah. There's an Iranian wrestler. There's actually been multiple, um, and he was in a protest, anti-government protest in Iran, which is pretty reasonable. To but was he that. purposely targeted to be killed, or was it? I think because he's like um, a public figure, and then they framed him for this murder that didn't happen, um, and then just like executed him, basically no trial. Damn, so, dude. Yeah, I know. I saw the video of Sagi Muki mm-hmm. with the Egyptian. Guy, the one who refused to... And he didn't like, shake his uh, hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, bro, you lost, man. Like, <laughs> be a... That was also part of it. Like, it's one thing if you hate Israel, but then you lose to, to an Israeli player and you're just like a sore loser sore about loser, it. Sore loser, yeah. You know? And sometimes they won't even fight the Israelis. And, and, yeah. and Sagi just, like, put his hand out. He didn't shake his hand, and Sagi's like... All right. Yeah. He's. I don't even think he made that face. He was just... He was very nonchalant. He's like, all right, buddy. Like, yeah. Whatever. You know? <laughs> well, that's the only whatever. thing you could do, right? Yeah. Like, he, told, he, he acted like a man about it. He could have been like... Right, you know, like he totally was a gentleman about it. So yeah, um, take that road. Yeah, dude, it is what it is, right? Yeah. This is a very cool moment. <laughs> very cool. So you, but when you actually play, you wear this, or do you wear something? No, that's my, that's the helmet I slide with. Yeah. Okay. Um, because you were mentioning you, you have like you have a skydiving helmet. Okay, so when I first started, they just throw you a skydiving helmet. Like, this helmet costs $600, so before I do the sport, I'm not going to buy that. Um, so they just throw you an old skydiving helmet. You wear ski goggles under it, and it's good enough to... It's not fast, but it's good enough to protect your face somewhat okay. <laughs> when you're, the G-forces are pressing down on your yeah. head. And what's, what's with the tape? The tape is just over the uh, little visor screws just uh, for aerodynamic purposes. Like, yeah. I'd rather the wind... Also, they don't pop out, but okay. um, yeah, it's better for the wind to be going over the tape than over like the bolts, uh, the screws that have the uh, the holes in them. Oh, because like air can pass through. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So that's the first thing the the wind's hitting is my face. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude, that's that's phenomenal. <laughs> dude, Joey was so stoked though. He's like, you have to get him on. You have to get him on. <laughs> he's like my biggest uh, fan. Fan. So he he's like. Um, I'm not like in skeleton. We don't have big fan club. Like maybe the guys in Lavia or Germany do. Um, but yeah. Who's a skeleton? <laughs> oh look, it's a Firestone. Right. I'm Mr. Firestone. Thank you for coming to the Germany, the Deutschland. Uh, but he, yeah, I, I met Joey a few weeks ago, and he's. Uh, but he he's been following. He went to school with my sister. 
and he was like super pumped. Uh, so it was cool. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get you big. I was like, all right. So this That's is the awesome. first place he sent me. That's great, dude. I'm so happy. I hope I can exponentially build your following and and build your fan base. Thank you. Really have people following you. That's awesome stuff. It's awesome sauce. It's great, dude. No, I'm, I'm. I just I want more and more athletes to be involved. Like I, I for one have never really been any serious athlete. Right. Other than like I love playing basketball when I was younger. And then just as time went on, I just I don't know, I lost interest. But that was like my thing when I was younger. Every day after school, during school and after school, always, always playing basketball. And I followed it religiously. I knew every player. My entire bedroom wall yeah, was full of posters of every player I liked. Awesome. What are the workouts that you do to kind of stay in shape? You'd so you pretty much train like a trainer because okay. the beginning, in the summer, um, there's no ice anywhere. So you train like a sprinter for the push start. Um, so I'm lifting weights. I'm on the track running. Um, just working on my general fitness. And I also have a cognitive coach that I'll do um, brain workouts basically with to pick up my decision processing, make that faster. Uh, he wor- he works with a lot of uh, MMA fighters as well, mm-hmm. like Dustin Poirier and. Uh, he works with Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Hold on, and this is a guy you your this cognitive guy you you talk to all the time. I see him um, like right now. I see him probably every ten days, and as the season gets okay, closer, I'll could see him you more get often. me in touch with Dustin Poirier? Is that a possibility? Cause <laughs> well, I know it's a big stretch, but I know Dustin is in Florida. Yeah, so he's training. Uh, so this guy's in uh, Deerfield, so he's here right now. Actually, he was. Um, I did this drill the other day. He's like, "Oh, you beat Dustin's time." So damn, really? Now. Yeah, yeah. Because I would first off, I would get in touch with this guy if if, if you could do that. But yeah. I'm a big fan of Dustin Poirier, so like, if oh, I really? could, yeah, if I could meet him and like do a podcast uh, with him, that'd I'll be. Talk, I'll talk to Nick. Yeah, like, that would be you. huge, man. Like, <laughs> I, I really, that would be. Yeah, I haven't met him. Amazing. Yet. Like we train at different times. It's always like after, but we're competing against each other. It's not the same time with this with this coach. Do you have something on YouTube? I texted you. Um, yeah, you did. You did. There, you yeah. did. You're right. Yeah. Uh, right here, perfect. Koenigsegg World Cup. Absolutely. Next up, our World Cup debutante, 29-year-old yeah. from Hollywood, Florida. Yeah. Uh, Jared Represent. Firestone representing <laughs> Israel. And this is Jared's eighth ever official race. He was here in the Europa Cup campaign last week. Okay, so the race starts. This is where the athletic component it comes in. The push. This is all the training I do all summer just for that 30 meters right there. Dude, it's so cool how fast you run. <laughs> like you're bolting, bolting Jewish, to the front of the slope. The Jewish jet. Jewish jet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I, I meant to introduce that. I'm, I'm sorry. I meant to introduce you as a... <laughs> Dude, so fast. Yeah, so this is an Austria. So fast. So crazy. Nuts. When you go when you go down when you round out that slope. Yeah. Flies. Wow. They're making the lawyer jokes now. <laughs> I actually got a ticket last time I was there and I lost. So I'm two and one now. I'm just saying it's a mi- it, it's just hilarious that of course the Jewish skeleton guy is a lawyer. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. So not every track stops like that. Um, 
usually it just progressively slows down, but that one you just go right into the pads at like 50 miles an hour. He's happy with it. That's a PR for him. Yeah, welcome to the World Cup to Jared Fires. That was my first World Cup race last year. Half the Israeli team here on site. There it is, the exit of Kreisel. He's really cranking hard, using his toe to stay down. Doesn't quite turn the sled enough. Takes that double hit going into curve eight. So that's another like really good thing. Like, how do you kind of maneuver? Because it's such a slim. Yeah. Pa- uh, so what do you call the? What do you actually call the? The track. Okay, yeah. the track. Yeah. So what do you? How do you avoid smash constantly smashing into the walls of the track? Mm-hmm. So it, it all depends on the exits, how you're coming out of the curves, and the angle it's sending you on. That's going to determine whether you're hitting the left wall, the right wall, or skidding anything. All the bad things that can happen. Okay. So. Jared, I appreciate Jewish the Jewish jet. Jewish jet. I appreciate you coming <laughs> on. I appreciate you coming on. Thank um, you. Yeah, for thank you. For, yeah, my pleasure, man. Thank you for for representing Israel and Jewish people in a in a very very cool sport. Of course. Uh, guys, make sure to check out his uh, Instagram. What other social media do you have? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, J Fire Israel Slider. Uh, the Jewish jet was taken by some like eleven year old kid, so uh, I have that. Okay. Uh, my website, JewishJet.com. You can subscribe and. Uh, a good way to follow my journey too or facebook feel free to add me awesome okay so guys make sure to follow his pages i'm going to drop all of the all the names and it's been an absolute pleasure thank you sir yes my pleasure best of luck killing it and uh until next time make sure to subscribe like share and stay tuned every sunday at 9 a.m eastern for new episodes take care guys